Hello, everyone. This is episode five of the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we are continuing our mini-series about our ideal day in each park. Today we are going to wrap things up in Walt Disney World and we are going to head on over to the Magic Kingdom. This is a awesome park. It is the very first park that opened up in Walt Disney World. And um, one of the little fun fact about this series we've been doing, we've actually started in reverse order from when the parks open. So Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Epcot, and now Magic Kingdom. So that was unintentional, actually. But what's fun about that is that's actually the order we first went to the parks together. So we did a little fun fact. Yeah, a little fun fact there. Um, As always, we are going to discuss attractions. We're going to do entertainment, talk about dining and things to do. So just random, you know, things that you may want to check out and do when you are at the park. I think that we should just jump feet first right into it with attractions. And Paige, if you want to kick us off, I think that'd be great. Yeah, sounds good. So my favorite part of Magic Kingdom is walking down Main Street USA first thing in the morning, soaking in all of the sights and things to see. And the castle is so spectacular the first time you see it. Um, I don't think I'll ever not have the feeling of that magic, the Disney magic when you first see the castle in the morning, even if I've been to Disney 15, 20 times, I will always feel that same sense of feeling like a little kid when I see the castle first thing in the morning. Yeah, it's spectacular. It really is spectacular. So when I walk down Main Street USA, I always love to start by going to the right and heading straight into Tomorrowland. And this is my favorite area of Magic Kingdom. My least favorite park is actually Magic Kingdom, so I'm so sorry for all of you who Magic Kingdom is your favorite park. I understand. I totally get why it's a favorite. It's a great family-friendly park. There's so much to do for people of all ages, Um, but this is actually my least favorite park, so that says a lot that I still love it so much, but it's my least favorite of the four in Walt Disney World. Yeah, I I can understand why, as an adult, going as a married couple with no kids, uh, why it's your least favorite park. Um, I think the argument, though, about it is that Magic Kingdom is thoroughly Disney in every way. It is. So, you know, there's there's that aspect of it. Um, And what's funny is that, you know, you say you want to go straight to uh, Tomorrowland, whereas I've always always veered left and gone straight into Adventureland. Which is exactly backwards from how we both approach the World Showcase. Right. So, you know, marriage is, if nothing, compromise. Always. Yeah. So for Tomorrowland, this is my favorite area, I think, because of um, the theming of Tomorrowland compared to some of the other lands in Magic Kingdom. But Part of the reason I love going to Tomorrowland first is because I want to go get in line for Space Mountain before that line gets too long. You got to do the big ride first. I have to. I In Magic Kingdom, I think just because that park tends to be so crowded, um, especially when you get to the middle of the day when people have all gotten into the park, whatever time they enter through the gates... Um, By the time we get to the middle of the day, some of those lines can be really long. So Space Mountain, for me, I try to hit first thing in the morning. Um, And it's another ride that if we get to the 
late in the evening, the fireworks show's happening or it's already happened. We try to see if we can sneak onto that ride one more time. But I love starting with Space Mountain. And we did talk extensively in our first episode about Space Mountain and how it differs from the Space Mountain in Disneyland. Um, So if you haven't checked that episode out, go ahead and listen to our two cents about comparing the two rides. But the Space Mountain in Magic Kingdom is my favorite of the two versions of Space Mountain. So this ride is a must-do for me, and I love to hit it first thing in the morning. Yeah, it's going into Tomorrowland first is, it really is fun. I mean, first of all, you've got the uh, French Fry Rocks, and if you don't know what those are, Google them. They're super cool. Um, but it is it is really fun just to kind of kick off your day with a big, exciting ride and, um, you know, basically start it off with a bang. Uh, one thing that I really appreciate about the Magic Kingdom Tomorrowland is that you can get on the People Mover, and that is, like, pretty high up there on my list of attractions that I got to do. It's so easy and fast to get on, and um, it really is a perfect contrast to that scary, fast, uh, life-threatening Space Mountain ride you're going to be on. Uh, and then just to get on the People Mover afterward is a re- I mean, it's, it's like complete opposites, but they are equally good in their own way. That was the one I was going to mention next because I love that ride so much, too. And like you said, it's so different from Space Mountain, but they're both, they're both must-dos for me. Yeah. And the next one, and we've also mentioned this one, I believe, is Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin, which in Disneyland is known as Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. Astro Blasters, that's yes. right. Um, same ride, different name. Um, you're scoring all the points. You're trying to defeat Zerg. Competition ride. This is the epitome of a page ride, and it's in Tomorrowland. So we're spending a big chunk of our morning in Tomorrowland getting to do all of these things that are themed to space and Buzz Lightyear. Um, another one that I do miss dearly, but this would have been part of my ideal day in the past. Stitch's Great Escape. That ride sucked. You hated that ride, as many people also hated that ride. But I loved that ride. That ride made me feel like I was a young kid about to have a complete meltdown. Um, it I can was, see that. It was the most... I, I, I mean, I've been on a lot of rides. I've been on rides that have made me feel like I was going to black out. I have been on scary rides. I've been, you know, walked through horror houses. This was the scariest ride I've ever been on. I think because... It was just, I didn't, first of all, I didn't like mechanical arms pushing down on my shoulders. Right. And I just felt like, I felt like I had relinquished any kind of control. And um, it was, it was, it was horrifying to me. So if you thought that was horrifying, how do you think you would have felt about the original, the alien encounter? Better. Better? Yeah, I do. Because, um, first of all, I don't love Lilo and Stitch. And so the whole gimmick of Stitch burping on in, on you and having it smell terrible and his voice, you know, echoing through the ride. Right, as he's and, jumping around on people's yeah, shoulders. And then these kids that were on the ride that were kind of ruining it, and I think they weren't buckled in right, so we had an even longer experience because they were goofing around. Well, there was a kid in the front row on their phone, yeah. and so they paused. And so there was this big, awkward, like, Almost one minute of just sitting in the dark in silence, and then the cast member had to come out and tell the kid to get off their phone. So I think that was part of the problem Yeah, it's with just, your first experience. If you have anxiety and you do not like being in a room with a lot of people, this ride is not for you. 
But thank Walt Disney they shut it down because it was not great. I miss this ride. If there's any other Stitch's Great Escape lovers out there, I'd love to hear that you miss this ride too. But sadly, that is no longer part of my ideal day. I'll have to stick to the other Tomorrowland rides. So those are those are my top rides in the Tomorrowland areas. Yeah. Gotta hit Space Mountain, the People Mover, and then Buzz Lightyear. Those are good ones. Yeah, it's that's pretty much uh that's pretty much covers it for sure. Um I'm gonna throw in a few that I have to do. Um you know, I, I've said this before, but Disneyland is my home park. Uh, it's the one that I consider, you know, like my park. And actually everything on here, except for the people mover was on my list, but every ride on here that for me is like, if I go to the Magic Kingdom or Disneyland for that matter, but in this case, when I go to the Magic Kingdom, I have to, without a shadow of a doubt, go on these rides or else I basically did not go to Magic Kingdom. And... I'm just going to rattle them off because uh, go for it. they are Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, must go on. Splash Mountain, absolutely must go on. And I think that when they change it to the uh, um, Princess and the Frog rendition, it's still going to be a must go on because mainly the ride mechanics and not so much the story. Uh, Haunted Mansion, have to go on it. And Pirates of the Caribbean, I have to go on it. And then finally, even though it annoys me, Jungle Cruise, I have to go on it. You know, that is one that definitely does not annoy me. Yeah. I am a huge fan of puns. I love a good cheesy joke. If you have not seen the Jungle Cruise movie, it actually was really good. And I thought they did a nice job at incorporating what you get out of the ride. Yeah. From Jungle Cruise and the experience and some of the cheesy jokes that they throw out on the actual attraction. Um, I thought it was an enjoyable film, too, so that could be something that you could kind of watch if you haven't been on the ride before or if you haven't seen the movie preparing for your Disney trip. Um, I love The Jungle Cruise. I like that ride a lot. I, I do. I love it. I mean, like I said, it's on my list of must-rides, and even though the banter from the host or the uh, captain can be annoying, it, it's one of those rides where whenever I get off of it, I'm really, really glad I wrote it, and I'm always smiling afterward. So You're also just... not a fan of interacting with the cast members yeah but if you sit in the back they're not really gonna call on you right and you can always just not make eye contact you pretty which much is, can just mind your business right and i don't make eye contact like 90 percent of the time anyway there you go um so you know that uh that's that but yeah i mean every ride that i mentioned it's it's pretty much a staple you know it's been there for a long time except for splash mountain was the brainchild of um Michael Eisner. I almost forgot his name. How could I? Uh, so that's kind of a newer one, you know, from the 90s. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of these rides to me are just iconic and they scream Magic Kingdom to me. Um, I could kind of take or leave some of the Fantasyland stuff. Um, I don't really need to go see or ride, um, uh, I don't know, like just some of the other things that are there, um, newer stuff. You know, right. I'm sure the Tron ride is going to be out of this world and I can't wait to ride it. I'm really excited about that one since right. the the actual ride vehicle, it's sort of like motorcycle style, more, yeah. more like the Flight of Passage type mm-hmm. ride. And so I think that one's going to be really, really enjoyable. It will be, but my point being that I am very drawn to the idea of just iconic, you know, Disneyland Magic Kingdom rides that have been there since essentially the beginning. 
You like those original mountains. The I Space love, Mountain, yeah. Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain. Yep. I do love the mountains. I found that to be true about myself. There you go. Um, honorable mention, um, if I get the chance, because it's actually a really, really good ride, if I get the chance and the line is not exorbitant, I will go on Seven Dwarves Mine Trail. I, I, hmm. We mentioned this one briefly. I think I could do without it. You know. I really do. I think we waited in line so long for this ride. And how long was the ride? Wasn't it very, very short? Yeah, it was short. But if the ride is under, if I'm looking at anything 45 minutes and under, I would I would wait in line for it. Now, it has to be like a true 45 minutes. But. I would I would wait in line for this ride. This one for me, it, it hits all the right buttons of a fun ride, a good story, uh, fun animatronics, and a great ride experience. So, you know, I, it just it, it, it hits me just right. And I, I really like it. Well, and I think because it is one of the newer ones, I mean, it's been out in the last five-ish years. I can't remember exactly when it opened. I think it was new when we went in 2017. Is that right? Why don't you check on that? Um, but the the ride time, it's about three minutes long. So when you're waiting in line for three plus hours for a three-minute ride, it just seems a little hmm, yeah, not worth it to I me. I can understand that. Uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Trail opened up 2014, so okay. pushing on a decade ago. Wow. Yeah, that's... Hmm. Yeah. For us, a decade ago is still like 96. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's just, again, it's just one of those rides where it is new, but it doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's this new forced ride in there. Right. Um, so anyways, I, I really like it. If I get a chance to ride it and it's not insanely long, I'm going to get on it every it, time. It feels like Disney found a good balance between a a classic Walt Disney film and a newer ride technology. Totally. I think that's what hits the nail on the head there. The only issue that I have with it, and I've said this before, um, is I just, I really, I really hate projected faces on animatronics. I knew you were going to say that. I was picturing Dopey as you were talking and how we saw his face, like, making all of his goofy faces on this three-dimensional figure. It's really bad. There's a... um, there's a YouTube channels out there, and, and one of them specifically highlights, like, Disney fails um, of, like, animatronics and rides going wrong. And one of them is uh, Grumpy's face, and the the projector malfunctioned, and it was, like, the Windows blue screen. Oh, no. Uh, so it had, like, all this white text on his face <laughs> and the blue screen and stuff. Um, I mean, it's, you know, things happen, but I just, I think it's lazy. And I would, I would just, I don't want to, like, cast dispersions on Imagineers. Of course, they are incredible. And we love them, but I just, I would rather, I would almost rather see a stagnant face that's detailed and just like moving about than to see a projected face. Yeah, I get it. Two cents, that's all. Yep. Yeah, the only other attractions that I would say for me are must-dos, and I'm pretty sure you mentioned both of these. Did you say Haunted Mansion and Pirates? I did, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, Yeah, those are the only other two, and we've mentioned those before as well in our comparison video between Disneyland and Disney World Magic Kingdom. Um, Those two rides for me are those classic rides that have been around since since the 90s or before. I mean, they've been there my whole life. Um, And some of them are even older than me. But those two, to me, are classic 
Disney World Magic Kingdom rides um, that have been enjoyable for me since I was a little kid. So there's a lot of nostalgia to those rides. Totally. Yeah. Um, let's jump into entertainment because there's a lot to be said about entertainment in, yeah. in Magic Kingdom. Um, the rides are great, but to me, the entertainment is just out outstanding. And, um, you know, I, I mean, obviously, you know, you can think of the big ones like the fireworks shows and right. the parades, but there's a lot of other small aspects of entertainment that I love so much. So I think, did you kick off the last one? I did. So I'll so jump you, in on this one. You kick it off for us. All right. If I am... Uh, if I am in Magic Kingdom and I have one aspect of entertainment to enjoy, I it's got to be the Enchanted Tiki Room for me. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I'm predictable. Uh, you go ahead and get your Dole Whip mm-hmm. and then you go into the Enchanted Tiki Room. That for me is basically as good as it gets anywhere. It is, um, it's such a good experience and it's so fun. Um. That actually is a, a product of my mother wanting to do that a lot when we were kids. Uh, she kind of, I kind of drug my heels about it when I was like, you know, in elementary school. But she always wanted to go on the Enchanted Tiki Room. Um, she grew up kind of not that long after Disneyland had opened. And um, that and Dole Whips was just kind of a staple for my family. And it was just what we did. Like we would go to uh we would go to pirates of the caribbean we would ride that and then we would just basically go straight over to Adventureland and hop into the enchanted tiki room so it's it's a, such a fun show the music is amazing the thunderstorm's great um i think my favorite aspect of that is the singing tiki faces on the walls mm-hmm. um i would love to have one of those in my home down here in the basement where we record mm-hmm. so that'd be really cool um, yeah it's just so good I actually show. don't think I ever did the Enchanted Tiki Room until I met you. I had definitely had a Dole Whip before, um, but that now has become something that we do every time we go. And that's something that Stephen, like he said, takes from his childhood and what his family used to do. So now every time we go to Magic Kingdom, we go to Aloha Isle and we grab a Dole Whip and then we go to the Enchanted Tiki Room. And it's just a fun little thing to do in the middle of the day. You can usually get in and out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, cause it's a popular attraction, but this is a show that is relaxing. You're sitting down in a, a room where you're all facing the center so you can see all of the aspects of the show and it's just enjoyable. It's just yeah. fun. Uh, sidebar on dining, uh, a classic Dole Whip or a Dole Whip float if you had to choose. Ooh. Um, you know, I think a classic Dole Whip. I think I'm going to have to go with the classic Dole Whip. Okay. I like the float, so. I mean, they're both fantastic, but I, I do like the classic Dole Whip. Cool. Uh, talk to me. What do you like entertainment-wise? Okay, so there's a couple things for me entertainment-wise. I love Mickey's Magic. This, to me, the first time that I sat in on this show, I was so surprised about, at how much I liked it because it was, it was like a sing-along. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to sing along. I don't. Some some of us prefer to sing along when we know all the songs. And it's if you've never been in this show before, um, Donald Duck is basically engaging in all of these different Disney films, some of the classics. Um, it goes through some of the 90s movies. And then um, most recently, they added in a Coco section. And so that just 
reopened, I believe, in 2021. Um, they had shut it down for only a month or so. And so that is still fairly new. We actually have not gotten a chance to see it with the new Coco section. So I think that's so great that they've been able to update that attraction or that um, show to be able to incorporate some of the newer films, but also those original films. And I love all of the Disney music from the older movies all the way up to the current day ones. Coco is actually one of my favorite Disney Pixar movies. Um, it's so enjoyable. The music is fantastic. So that is definitely one of them. And then the other one that I absolutely cannot skip anymore, and I don't remember the first time I did this one, but that's Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Yes. That ride, well, show, sorry, that attraction or that show was so surprising. Steven and I did this one when we went together in 2016 or 2017. Yeah, and we went on it mostly as a goof. Right. We were just like, oh, let's just go check this out. We'll go sit down in an air-conditioned room. And we laughed so hard because if you've never done this show before, um, there's live comedians or cast members who are engaging with the audience so every single time you go into this show it's going to be a different experience because they are basing it on the people in the that particular audience yeah imagine turtle talk with crush where it's this real uh black magic of an animated figure interacting with you um but instead of being nice and asking a kid what their favorite color is it's basically roasting some old dad Who's sitting there? Right. Um. Yeah. I think they have this whole like that guy bit. It's it's so funny. It, it really is so, so entertaining. Funny. And one of the bummers about that is, um, if you try to go back and replicate your experience, it might not be as funny every single time, just because it's all dependent on who they pick on in the yeah. audience and how good of a sport they are. So just go in with an open mind if if it's a show that's not as funny as the last time you saw it, but if you go every time, if you make this a part of your experience, it can be such an enjoyable, hilarious moment for you to just sit down and laugh so hard. So that those two, I think, are the big entertainment things for me. Um, one thing that I can definitely skip every time that Steven loves to do is the Country Bear Jamboree. I love that ride <laughs> show. That's great. Um, really quick. Uh, just before we move on to our good bears. The thing with Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor is go on it when you are dead tired. Yes. Like wait until the end of the day when your feet hurt, when you just don't think you have any more in your chamber and your kids are falling on the floor crying. That's when you want to go do it because you kind of need that pick me up. And if you go first thing in the day, you're like, whatever. Right. These monsters don't know me. Um, but there's something about that humor and exhaustion that works every time. Country Bear Jamboree is a great show. and um, That's a personal opinion. There was an incident in California uh, with one of the bears and a man and uh, someone not making it. Um, and so it closed down before I ever got to see it. And so I always wanted to see it because, believe it or not, I really liked the movie with Christopher Walken. It was a rough movie, but that I really, really, tough. really liked it as a kid. Um, oh my gosh, it's so good. But yeah, the, sh the show was great. It's everything I hoped it was going to be. 
I could pass on this show every time. And if you love the Country Bear Jamboree, well, bless your heart. Go and check out this show. It is something else. I'll tell you that. Well, shout out to Big Al. It's it's great. So, you know. To each their own. To each their own. That one I can skip. I, I'll, I'll be sitting in Magic over and over. And you can go check out Country Bear Jamboree. Fair enough. Uh, the final aspect of entertainment that I have to do is um, the Walt Disney World Railroad. I am a I am an absolute sucker for the railroad system. Uh, I love the way it smells. I love the experience of it. Um, frankly, I don't really remember exactly how the Walt Disney World Railroad goes. I'm more attuned to the Disneyland Railroad and and the ins and outs of that. But. Um, I still love it, and the experience is so great. So whenever I'm there and when the railroad is open, count me in. I will be on that thing, and I will ride it once or twice around. Yeah, I think it's fun. Again, it's another, if you want to catch a ride to a different area of the park, um, Magic Kingdom can be a very tiring day if you're not systematic about how you're jumping around the park. I am a very systematic person. Steven knows this. When I go into a Disney park, I like to say, okay, where are we going to start? Are we starting in Tomorrowland? Let's hit everything we want to do in Tomorrowland and then move on to the next land um, to really maximize our time and not waste a bunch of time walking back and forth. Now, you do have to kind of be mindful of like which lines are lower at which times of the day. So it doesn't make sense to start with all of the you know, little kid fantasy land rides um, and then go try to hit all of the big rides at the peak of the day. So just be mindful of that. But if you want to, you know, jump on the railroad and pop around to the other side of the park because you realize, oh, that has a really short wait over in Frontierland or oh, I want to get back to Tomorrowland real quick, but I'm all the way on the other side of the park. I think it doubles as both a nice break, a nice attraction, and a form of transportation. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, it really is a lot of fun. I, I'm definitely not nearly as systematic as you are with the whole thing. I will just go and go and go and basically, you know, pinball or, yeah, pinball my way through wherever, you know, the wind takes me. Um, and some people prefer the spontaneity. That is not I. Yeah, so it doesn't matter though. I mean, you can't. It, you're not really. There's really no way to do it wrong. You just kind of go and enjoy yourself. Um, you know, my thing though is as long as I'm checking off the things that are on my list, it's it's pretty much uh, it's pretty much good to go for me. I'm I'm pretty happy. Exactly, and that's why we're doing this mini series about our ideal day because everybody who goes to the Magic Kingdom is going to do what they want to do, and you can't hit everything in Magic Kingdom in one day, especially not. Not in these times where the park is so crowded. So yeah. you do have to really prioritize. What do you want to see? What do you want to do? What shows do you want to do? Where do you want to eat? You can't eat everywhere. You can't ride every single ride. So um, we're just trying to give you in our experience the things that we really enjoy both as adults and some of the things we enjoyed as kids and, and trying to highlight some of those things. So on that note, in terms of dining, I already mentioned Aloha Isle where we get our Dole Whip um, over in Adventureland there by the Enchanted Tiki Room. But the sit-down experience that I enjoy the most, and I haven't been I haven't been here in a while. I don't know that I've 
I don't think we've been here together, but I've definitely been with my family a, a handful of times is Liberty Tree Tavern. Um, and Liberty Tree Tavern is in Liberty Square, which is um, if you head down Main Street, USA, it's sort of off to the left um, near the Fantasyland rides, but between that and Adventureland. And Liberty Tree Tavern is sort of this colonial style, all you care to enjoy family style restaurant. Um, if you're not familiar with the term all you care to enjoy, this is like you run out of food, they bring you more food. Yeah, it's all you can eat, basically. It's but literally it's, all um, you can eat, but that's what Disney likes to call it. And it's yeah. a fun little thing we like I, to say. I love the way they say it, honestly. It's so fun. I say that a lot about all kinds of things. Yes, you do. You use this term in your daily <laughs> life, actually. Most likely out of context. but Right. Um, but we know what it means. Yeah. I say it a lot when our baby's sucking on her hand. I'm like, she has all she cares to enjoy yes, right now. All you care to enjoy. Um, yeah. No, there's the dining school. I don't think that I... I don't... So because we've only been there... I've only actually been to Magic Kingdom once. and Really? A, once in a tenth. So yeah, I oh, went yeah, there. We I went. went I went um, with you for a full day, and then the next time we went, we only went for like maybe forty-five minutes to catch the end of a show, and then to go on Space Mountain. Mm -hmm. And uh, we didn't go last time, so or the time before that. So um, yeah, I I've only been there uh, one time, and so for dining for me, I don't really have too much to say about it um, beyond the fact that you did. Uh, you did take the proverbial rug that was Aloha Isle and pulled it from underneath my feet because that was on my list. Sorry about But that's that. kind of a snack, if anything. Right, um, that's sort of a snack. Well, with Liberty Tree Tavern, the thing that I love about that is not necessarily the style of it, the colonial style, but the food is a very traditional, like, Thanksgiving dinner, comfort food. You're getting turkey pot roast, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese. Like, think of the most home-cooked Southern-style food you could possibly have. It's $39 per adult or $21 per child, and that is because of the all-you-care-to-enjoy nature. So you're not picking from this traditional menu where you're all ordering something. It's like, because this is family-style, they're bringing it to your table. It's all you care to enjoy. Um, So that is a totally different experience than saying, let's go to you know, cosmic rays and Oof. everyone pick your own burger or chicken sandwich or whatever. So keep those options in mind, depending on how much you're willing to spend and where you want to eat and what you're in the mood for. Um, but Liberty Tree Tavern is just a fun, like family sit down meal. And it actually used to be a character dining spot. Um, I think that ended in 2009. Um, so the last time that I did the character dining there was probably 08 or actually maybe even 09, um, where I went with my grandma, my aunt, uh, my cousins, and then my parents and my brother. And so we did this character dining experience back when they had the characters in their colonial outfits and they'd come around as you're eating. So that used to be a fun little aspect about Liberty Tree Tavern as well. However, I do really like the food. I love um, sort of like the comfort food style. Yeah. Um, the only other thing, uh, dining aspect within the the gates of Magic Kingdom that I, I would mention is Casey's Corner. It's located in that sweet spot of, um, 
It's located right in the sweet spot that I, I, I absolutely love to be in, which is just right to the left of Main Street, kind of tucked away in a corner with a perfect view of the castle. You can see like the, the, uh, the hub uh, grass area. And, um, you know, you can, I personally, I can't beat a chili dog. Uh, just no two ways about it. So Casey's Corner is, if I'm going to get lunch, that's, that's likely where I'm going to go, especially for a QSR thing. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to step a little bit outside the walls of Magic Kingdom though, and say, because it's, it, to me, it's in the spirit of Magic Kingdom. I think I, I, I used to not be this way, but I, I have really grown to, cherish the idea of leaving the park briefly whether that's to just go take a minute to go breathe and get away from crowds or uh you know just to go experience something different and the thing with you know magic kingdom is you are directly uh you are directly on the seven seas lagoon and so you can just take the monorail loop to um you know at least three incredible resorts that have outstanding dining and so if I have to have a dinner option, instead of just picking something that, you know, is going to be more experiential and less food based, like, for instance, uh, what is Cinderella's Royal Table? Right. Um, I think, you know, there's better options out there like Steakhouse 71 at the Contemporary mm-hmm. or, you know, um, of course, Ohana's in the Polynesian. Yes. Um, it, it doesn't take you much time to get there. If you catch the monorail immediately, you're like right there. Um, you know, Ohana is so famous for their noodles and, um, you know, their appetizers and the food that they serve there. And then, of course, at Steakhouse 71, um, you are going to experience um, an incredible menu that's basically a nod to Walt Disney's tastes, um, just like including, you know, prime ribs, uh, French onion soup, uh, filet mignons, uh, bone-in pork chops, uh, cocktails and all that kind of stuff. So. You're kind of getting this better experience, I think, outside of Magic Kingdom, um, but you're still you're still kind of within Magic Kingdom because you can basically see the castle from wherever you are. Right, and, and a lot of those restaurants, because you're right on that monorail loop, you can see the castle from the restaurant. Yeah, and I, you you probably wouldn't want to do this, but you can walk to all of them too. So to me, that that would be a better option than eating in the park. Um, for dinner, uh, again, it's just it's just a good way to get out of there really quick. And if you really don't like crowds, like really don't like crowds, check out going to Ohana like later on in the evening. Get like a late reservation, um, or go to Trader uh, Trader Sam's and just kind of hang out in that area. And then you can see the fireworks from across the across mm-hmm. the um, lagoon. So yes, that's just sort of a an option. I know a lot of people probably would want to stay till the end and, and everything like that, but. You know, you're still getting the experience. It's just from a different vantage point, which can be refreshing sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any other dining places within Magic Kingdom? I do not, no. We, I just mentioned in passing Cosmic Rays over in Tomorrowland. That is not somewhere that we have to eat at all. It's just a place we usually end up eating because we're over in Tomorrowland and around lunchtime we always do a QSR or a quick service restaurant for lunch um, and then we do sit down for dinner. So due to the nature of convenience, we end up eating at Cosmic Rays and getting a burger or chicken sandwich or something. Yeah, it's always a mistake. Um, in the spirit actually of resort dining, uh, one thing that could be great is to get up early and head over to the Kona Cafe for breakfast. Ooh. 
do that before you go into the parks. Grab yourself a thick uh, slice of Tonga toast or whatever you want to get there. I mean, oh my gosh, their food is... So good. The only thing I'd say about that, and we'll talk more about this in other episodes um, in the future, but I would actually recommend doing that either on a day where you're going to a park that opens later, like an Epcot day, or maybe on a day where you resort hop or spend it at your resort and just go swimming later. Because parks like um, Magic Kingdom, when they do open earlier in the morning, um, it can be a really long day and you're probably not going to go to breakfast for a sit-down experience before rope drop. Um, so you'd either be getting into the park a little bit later or um, you'd, be missing, you'd be missing that rope drop experience in Magic Kingdom. So I would say, yes, it's super convenient to Magic Kingdom if you're willing to get into the park a little bit later. Go check out Kona Cafe, but otherwise try to do that on either a non-park day or um, on a park day where you're going into a park a little later. Yeah, obviously different strokes for people, right? Um, But this is a good option if you, you know, maybe you have little kids and you are intentionally going to break up the day or make it a little bit shorter or not wear them out too much and really pace yourself. Um, So, you know, it's just it's just an option. But, you know, if you are going in and you know, like, I'm not going to stay the whole day. Um, it's just nice to get yourself breakfast there and then take a boat across the lagoon and pull up to the castle that way and just, uh, you know, sort of leisurely enjoy your day. I know that one of the big, one of the big, uh, it may be a misconception and I might be wrong about this because this is how I used to be and sometimes still am. Um, but the whole idea of needing to squeeze every drop out of your experience, um, because you're paying for it and you're, you know, you want to be in the gates, uh, that doesn't always really add up to the ideal day and so um you know like once you're in disney world property it is yeah it's just nice to kind of take it a little slow and magic kingdom is really overwhelming and it's huge and again especially if you have little kids um it could be a lot the other thing too is if you are a um if you are a you know a couple going alone or a, a couple with no kids you can spend all day there and it could be like four o'clock and be like well now what do we do um you know because maybe you ended up i don't know going on all the rides you wanted to do you saw all the shows you wanted to do and now you're like well it's kind of an awkward time before dinner and i just don't really know you know kind of what i want to do next so th- that's just an option um and again you know there's so many things to do there so many opportunities for for dining um in and outside the park but i i just wanted to make sure i threw that in there because um it is again just like right in the uh in the heart of where magic kingdom is right yeah if it's on that monorail loop it's going to be super convenient for you on your magic kingdom day if you don't have to wait for a bus to get somewhere else so um yeah there's there's so many different places to eat in magic kingdom and like we've said like steven just reiterated um magic kingdom can be really tiring it can be really overwhelming because there are so many things to do there you're not really going to fit it all in in one day with the way that the crowds are in disney these days so yeah prioritize your time maximize your time by doing things that you want to do which is like i said why we're doing these ideal day things to kind of give you just an idea of what you could prioritize if you've never been or if you've not tried something outside of what you typically do um because we would encourage you to never do the exact same thing you did last time. There's so many good 
experiences, so many good rides, so much good food. Um, maybe you have favorites and maybe there's places that you like to go every time, but try to switch it up every once in a while because there's so many wonderful experiences making a new memory or trying a new meal um, at a place that you hear a good recommendation about could be worth it and could actually be something you enjoy better than what you've been doing every other time. So yeah, that's what I have to say about dining. Right. Let's wrap this whole thing up with things to do, which actually is my favorite category. Because yeah, why don't you start us off on If that? there's one thing I love to do, it's just to putter around. Um, so yeah, I, I love this category because it's a, such a no pressure, um, easy way to go about your day. There's kind of only one thing I have to do when I'm in Magic Kingdom. And, um, you know, I don't need to get my picture in front of the purple wall. I don't need to go meet characters. But I absolutely have to spend a good chunk of time on Main Street. Main Street, to me, is, is the crux of what makes Magic Kingdom amazing. It is so full of you know incredible shops things to do things to see um starbucks <laughs> if you if you're into that i love to start my day by going to starbucks on uh, main street which is a crime when joffrey's is there but that's that's fine um but yeah i i just i love 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 main street um i like to go up into the train station area and sit on the benches and overlook the castle i like to i love to go into the emporium I absolutely love looking in crystal arts at things that I'm never going to be able to afford, like $40,000 crystal uh, castles. Right. I love going to the confectionery and looking at everything that will make me sick to my stomach, um, including seeing those bigger-than-your-head lollipops. And when I see them, I'm like, do I, do I want one of those? And the answer is always no, because I do not. Mm-hmm. But I still kind of want one when I see it. Um, so, yeah, that that's it. Like, Main Street is... It's one of those things where I I could realistically go to Magic Kingdom and actually never leave Main Street and feel like I had a good day. Well, yeah, there's so much to see. And those shops right there on Main Street, they're all connected in that one chunk, right? You can just go from Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, there it's like uh it's like a it's like the Vegas strip, baby. You just walk right through. Right. You're just going from one store into the next into the next into the next. They all bleed together. So, if you're someone who likes to shop, um, that can be a really dangerous but fun thing for you to do in the middle of the day or the end of the day. And Main Street can get really overwhelming at night if you are someone who does not like crowds. Yeah. Once the fireworks show um, is getting near, it is nearly impossible to move or go anywhere. Um, or yeah. parades, like the Festival of Fantasy Parade is back. It gets super, super crowded to the point where it's hard to even move. Um, So that's sort of something that we usually like to do when we start to notice the crowds are getting big is let's pop into this into the stores and you can kind of bypass some of the traffic there. Yeah. Um, But also take that opportunity to shop while everybody else is outside getting ready for the fireworks. At night, though, you're still kind of bopping and weaving in and out of people, even in stores. Right. Um, So... I mean, this is kind of more of like a what not to do in uh, in, in Magic Kingdom, but um, being on Main Street during a fireworks show is like a big no-no for me. Um, it's going to be our new reality, though, now that we have a little one. We'll see. Uh, I'll be like, <laughs> I'll take her over to Thunder Mountain and be like, yeah, this is where the fireworks go off, right over there. Surprise. You see them from here. It's the best view in the house. 
Luckily, she's still so little that maybe it'll be too loud for her for these first couple of trips. But yeah, and we can take her over to uh, Ohana and just let her watch from there. But yeah, the 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 irony about Main Street for me is I hate shopping. I do not like to shop, and I will go into a store and find what I need and just turn around and leave um, because it's just such a it just feels like such a burden to me. You always say it's like a chore. It is like a chore. It's like vacuuming. Um, but uh, but even I even like vacuuming. Shopping's terrible. <laughs> um, but I like shopping in in um in Magic Kingdom. I just love it, and and Disney World in general. But I, yeah, the Emporium to me, it's like I can look at all the coffee mugs. Right. I can look at all the T-shirts. I can look at all the garbage that I do not need, and the excess amount of stuff that is there. Um, but the key is, I don't buy hardly anything. Right. So I'm, I'm like, I'm like a good shopper because I'll just look and be like, oh, this is great. And my, uh, my, my mind has these memories of all these fantastic T-shirts with Grumpy on them, saying, you know, don't talk to me before I've had my coffee. Um, and I don't need it, but it's fun to look at it. So. Well, I'm the exact opposite. I love to shop. I often partake in retail therapy. Sometimes that can be a problem. But I do try to control myself. And and um, we do have some tips and tricks about budgeting in Disney World. Um, so I'm not going to reveal that secret today on the air about how we, uh, how we try to cut back on how many souvenirs I buy yeah. in one trip. It's basically like extreme couponing at Disney. Right. Uh, they usually owe you money by the time you leave. There it is. Which is just a total There's lie. There's our secret. That's a total lie. No, that's not actually our secret, but. What else do you have to do when you're there? Do you have any other things that like when you are there, you have to do this or you feel like you've just squandered your day? I think the only other thing that I like to do is, um, I believe it opened in like 2011, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Um, is when they opened the Be Our Guest, Gaston's Tavern, Beast Castle area. And I don't need to necessarily even go into Gaston's Tavern or Be Our Guest, but I just like that area a lot. Beauty and the Beast is a favorite of mine. Belle's my favorite princess. Um, so even just going over to see the Beast Castle, it's using that Disney magic where it seems like it's far away up on a hill much bigger than it is. Um, and so it's sort of an optical illusion. It's the force perspective. Yes. There at Disney. Yes. Yeah. It's the force perspective that's um, that Disney magic. They use it in other attractions as well. Um, but I really like going over to that area. I could pass on the turkey legs. No, thank you. I will survive without them. Same for me. Those are gross. But I just like going over to that area and just kind of yeah. seeing Gaston's Tavern, I think. That area is cool. Um, it makes me feel like I'm in Beauty and the Beast. And so that's another thing that I like to do is just spend some time over there. Yeah, I, I like it over there, too. I have mixed feelings about it because last time I was there, I was stressed out about checking into my Southwest flight. Um, and, you know, this is 2017 when we were still on 3G like monsters. Um, so, you know, um, it's great, though. And there, there's so much to do. So it's a lot of fun. I don't have anything else for Magic Kingdom. Do you have anything further that you would like to add or close up with? No, I don't think so. Um, I think for me to kind of recap what my ideal day looks like, um, Tomorrowland's my favorite area. So I want to do a lot of the attractions there. Space Mountain's my priority. Number one, if 
if I could only ride one ride in Magic Kingdom, that's where I would go is Space Mountain. And so I definitely want to do that one. Um, the People Mover, I miss you, Stitch's Great Escape, but also Buzz Lightyear. And then the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor is over there, too. Um, and then I love Pirates and Haunted Mansion over on the other side of the park. Um, heading into Adventureland, um, going to get a Dole Whip, and then Mickey's Fill Her Magic. Um, I really don't want to miss that attraction or that show while I'm there because it is so much fun to me. It it brings in my childhood. It It's a sing-along, which is Stephen's worst nightmare, but I love a good sing-along. And then um, getting some good food, a sit-down family style, all you care to enjoy, some home-cooked food at um, Liberty Tree Tavern, and then just and kind of kicking in on Main Street, um, going to some shops. I agree. I I think that's. I could also pass on the crowd. Um, I love the fireworks show, but it's it's not always worth it if the park is so so crowded. Magic Kingdom for me can even be overwhelming, and I'm I like to be around people. I'm an extrovert. Um, I I get my energy from being around others, but when it's too crowded, I get really stressed out and anxious. So yeah. I I could even sacrifice not seeing the fireworks every time I go. I like to see it every few trips or when it's a little less crowded in the park that day, but I would rather spend time shopping when it's crowded uh, on Main Street. I would so rather, that's what I would do. I would rather spend time on a less crowded monorail. There you go. Than, and uh, get out of there a little early. That, yeah, exactly. All right, well, um, that's going to pretty much do it for us. This has been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this uh, this series we've been doing. We are going to, next time, do a series, uh, excuse me, an episode of our ideal day in Disney Springs. Uh, but the but the but the catch is that's actually going to be on our Patreon member only feed. So if you want to listen to that, you can check us out on Patreon. We're just right there on the Parks Academy. We got a handful of different tiers. Uh, all of them are going to get you access to that uh, special episode. So we will link that in our show notes. Um, you can check that out so you can have access to it. We should be releasing it in the next couple of days. Uh, the other thing is, if you follow us on Instagram at the Parks Academy on Instagram, we are going to be doing a giveaway. Um, a surprise giveaway this week. And so I'm really excited about that. It's going to be a really cool item from shopdisney.com. Uh, we haven't yet received it yet, but once we do, we will do a little reel and have that giveaway ready to go. Uh, as always, you can, you know, like I said, find us on the Parks Academy on Instagram. Check out our website at theparksacademypod.com. Uh, there you're going to see blog posts, tips, tricks, all of our feeds, uh, links to all of our channels, bios, things like that. I think that's about going to wrap it up. Uh, the, we're going to finalize the series uh, over in California, uh, over in Disney's California Adventure and Disneyland, near and dear to my heart. I cannot wait to do that, uh, those next two episodes. And thank you so much for listening, as always. We sincerely appreciate your time, and we will catch you next time. Bye.